What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello and welcome to Take the Black Live. I'm Daniel Roman, one of the editors for WinterIsComing.net. With me today is Natalie Zamora, head of Fansided Entertainment. And we are going to talk about all the things we normally talk about on this show, like dragons, swords, space lasers, uh, androids, and maybe some other things. Welcome everybody in the chat. So good to see you, Julie and Martha and Nicole, Diana and Christian. Um, Thanks for joining us. Natalie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Excited to come on the show. It's always a fun time. So I'm ready to uh, get into it. Cancellations, renewals, and all the other things in between. Yeah. Yeah. I see Dan Selke mm-hmm. isn't here because of last week's fee comments. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, we can say that. Um, he's actually not here because yeah. he has jury duty. So that's a fun one. <laughs> We're missing him today. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we do not know if his jury duty, if it's a foot related case, uh, but I'm sure he'll report back if it is. Hopefully. But yeah, Dan's out. So we're, but we've got stuff to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Should we get right into it? Is it, is it the time? <laughs> I think so. We don't have Dan here to make those jokes. So we're just going to be straight to the news. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I The joke game Without Dan's comedic talents, don't expect too much in the way of jokes. Maybe some jokes, but not an excessive amount of jokes, <laughs> which don't tell him I said an excessive amount. That's the perfect amount. Yeah. So the the biggest news today, probably, which I'm very sorry to break it. If anyone hasn't heard this, uh, because I know we, we do have some people in the chat who watch this show, but... HBO has canceled Westworld after four seasons. Natalie, on a scale of one to heartbroken, where, where are you sitting with this announcement? Maybe a three. If 10 is the heartbroken, I'm maybe a three. You know that I haven't okay. watched this show since season one. So I won't necessarily miss yeah. it. I think it's unfortunate that, you know, a show like this um, was canceled. But other than that, I don't have many thoughts. I know you have thoughts, so I would love yeah. to hear them. Yeah, I have thoughts thoughts for days about Westworld. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, I want to say quite a lot, but I know that I did rage about the last two episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. Generally, I enjoyed it. I, I do agree with what Julie is saying in the comments, though, which is she said, so disappointed with this. They should have at least finished it off. Um, she's at a seven. I'm mm-hmm. probably around a seven to Julie, because the thing that gets me about it is we knew they needed one more season. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of sad that like HBO, you know, they've had this reputation for being very creative, friendly, like kind of the network that serious artists want to go work for and stuff like that and 
something like this, I feel like that varnishes the reputation just a little bit because, you know, pulling the plug on what was like one of their golden children shows, like it, it's hard to remember now because, you know, Westworld did go downhill. But when it first came out, like that first season was basically heralded as like HBO's next attempt to do another Game of Thrones size show. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, because you said you've seen the first season. And a lot of people watched the first season. It had by far the best ratings of any season. But then season two, less people came back. A little less, not a lot less. And then by season three, things started getting more convoluted and way less people came back. And then season four, the ratings were even lower. We'll we'll talk about numbers in a minute. But what was it about the show that didn't pull you back after season one? Like, Like you went on the journey that a lot of viewers did, which was you watched season one and didn't continue. So I'm curious, why was that? Uh, I don't know. To be honest, I don't have a concrete answer, which is disappointing. But Mm -hmm. I will say, like, I remember when the show was first coming out, I was really excited for it. It was like at the top of my watch list. Um, It's fantastic was really hyped, probably overhyped it. And I remember watching the premiere and I was like, that was okay. I was a little bit disappointed. And I don't know if I just like had, I just had too many, too many expectations for really no reason. I was just like, this looks like a cool sci-fi show Mm -hmm. that is from HBO. So I'm like, it's going to be, it's going to be well-made, which of course it was. And the the acting was really great um, from what I saw. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of just felt like by the end of the first season, I just didn't feel like fulfilled, I guess. And I don't know if that's because they didn't answer enough questions or what it was, but I was kind of just like, all right, I didn't feel too much about this. And so by the time season two rolled around, I just wasn't in a rush to watch it. And it was one of those shows that I was like, oh yeah, I should probably be watching that. But I didn't feel that like, pull back into it and then throughout the years i kept being like oh yeah i should go back and watch some of that and then i just never did (laughs) and now i don't want to because it's It's fair it's hard i feel like so i really agree with uh who said it henrika mccoy said season four was a nice rebound uh they needed to end before they screwed it up again which I hate to like, that feels jaded to think that, but at the same time, like season four was a, what it was a good rebound. It was way better than the third season, but then they kind of botched things again by the end. I think um, they, they basically had a really, really good mid season. And then the final episodes kind of dropped the ball again. And I almost feel like the ending of season four is a decent ending. So like, like you were saying, like, no, it's canceled. You don't know if you want to watch it. Yeah. I think Westworld, as it stands, it does feel like a complete show. I didn't love the ending <laughs> that it has, <laughs> but it it it's hard to talk about without getting into spoilers. Uh, yeah. But the end of season four is like a huge reset. So it really does still feel like, like I had this weird gut feeling watching it. Like this could be the end of the show. Yeah, And I wouldn't be super upset, which the Hollywood Reporter said the same thing for their, their season finale review. And that just kind of ended up being what happened. Jay's got an interesting point here, too, uh, over on YouTube, which is I wanted to see that the last season 
that they had announced they needed one more season, season five, but season four had so little promotion. Yeah. And yeah, that is, it almost feels like HBO kind of gave up mm-hmm. <laughs> on Westworld before it even came out. I remember that we were talking about release dates for it and house of the dragon had gotten a release date way before Westworld and it came out after. Yeah. So it did feel like HBO kind of, they kind of tapped out a little bit. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. So one thing that I think is interesting that I'm kind of curious what your your take on this is. I know Dan had some fiery thoughts about it. <laughs> My thoughts are a little less fiery. I'm curious where you land on this. So even though they've canceled the show, mm-hmm. all of the stars of the show are still getting paid. So this kind of shows that like HBO is, it, they're cutting their losses with Westworld because they're still shelling out millions to yeah. Aaron Paul and Evan Rachel Wood and all the other stars. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? I was surprised. I didn't know that that was a thing. I'm not sure how frequently that ever happens. I'm sure not at all because usually it very makes, rarely. Yeah. I would imagine a network cancels a show because they're not making any money so they can't afford to pay actors for another yeah. season. So yeah, that was shocking to me, but it kind of, I don't know. People are, I saw people asking like, then why not just make the season then if they're paying the actors and it's like, well, they have to pay for all of the effects and like all of the things. It's a huge show. So it's not like they can go yeah. film in one room and then, you know, that's it. So yeah, that was surprising to me. Seems totally fair to other crew members because I'm sure no one else is getting paid for their, yep. for their time. That's not going to be spent. So it seems a bit insane, but I'm not sure, you know, in the, behind closed doors, like what their um, contracts looked like, what they had, like maybe they all thought they were going to do season five, but I don't know. It's things that don't really make sense to me. So overall I was surprised. I don't think that makes sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. It kind of shows that how contractually like the ground was already paved for Westworld season five, because that that's the only way something like that happens, right? As if the, the actors are already contracted for the next season and then the network backs out, like whoever did, whoever did the contracts for the, the cast of this show deserves some props for managing to pull that magic off. Um, (laughs) But so the thing, when I said Dan is feisty about this, it's for exactly what you said, what Henrika is saying in the chat about needing to pay the other staff. What yeah. happens to all the crew members who were impacted by this? I think that's a fascinating, I mean, it sucks. First of all, it sucks. I hope that they're all doing okay and have some other avenue to go down. Yeah. Um, I will say that we don't really know how many crew members are like HBO employees versus work mm-hmm. for kilter films which i believe is the producers jonathan nolan and lisa joy's company i believe don't don't quote me on that but i believe that's their company and they are also making a bunch of stuff for amazon mm-hmm. um, so like the peripheral is still the same people who did westworld with a different writer different showrunner, um, but they're producing the show and they're doing fallout for amazon so 
I'm kind of wondering, is Amazon going to save Westworld? Like, would it make sense for Amazon to save Westworld if they came back with season five? Would that be the thing to sway you to finally watch it? Or would you guys in the <laughs> chat, would you watch season five? I'm curious. I don't know. And I don't think it would be a smart move for them to do that because the actors are already getting paid by HBO. Hopefully they're fine and happy about it can go on their way. And then, I mean, the viewership for season four was very low. So I have trouble believing Amazon would be like, let's bring this back and hope somehow because now we're like, you know, saving a show that the fans will come out of nowhere and watch it. That's the only thing that I'm like, I don't think they should do that. Yeah, that's a pretty fair point. Um, You know, part of me wishes that would happen, but you're right. It is definitely not a move that really makes any, any real sense in terms of like the numbers. So in terms of the viewership stats, Westworld season one was averaging like just under 2 million viewers on like release day viewing that kind of held like with, with peaks and valleys throughout season two, it went down just a tiny bit for season two. It was averaging like 1.5 and a half instead of 1.8, which is still fine. Season three came out. There were two year gaps between Westworld. It was kind of one of the first shows that really committed to, we're going to have two year gaps Mm -hmm. between every season because our show's just big and complicated before game of Thrones even did it. Westworld was doing that. So it's hard to say whether it was the show really falling off the time between seasons or a combination, but by season three, they were averaging, I believe under a million viewers. And then season four, it was like 350,000. So you can find the graphs for this online. And it is like, (laughs) it's, it's both shocking and, and because there was one more season and HBO had a good relationship with the creators and not shocking at all because it's a, such an yeah. expensive show to make. So yeah, that's, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It seems like, honestly, this might be dramatic to say, but I feel like just Westworld, the whole show has just been like a tragic trajectory because it's such a great concept, great cast. And like, HBO, like the best network out there, they really had it going for them. And, you know, I can't speak to the rest of the seasons because I haven't haven't seen it, but it just seemed like it got too ambitious, got too crazy, and they didn't know what they were doing. And then now here we are. Like there was such potential. And I don't know what happened. Sad. (laughs) So I'm going to, I'm going to tinfoil hat here for a second because I love Westworld and I also really like Michael Crichton who the Westworld is based on a Michael Crichton movie. He's the guy who wrote like Jurassic park sphere, like a bunch of like nineties and basically nineties and eighties, like sci-fi thrillers. Um, The original Westworld was like a seventies movie and the, the show did the same plot as Westworld for season one. It's, it's basically very similar to Jurassic park, a, a park mm-hmm. that goes off the rails, except this time it's androids gaining sentience instead of dinosaurs realizing they can go be dinosaurs. <laughs> so it's, it's fast. Westworld has a, a fascinating issue to me because the show is like reinvented itself every year. Like every season has been so different. And part of that is that like the show passed the thing it was based on in yeah. season one. So at that point it was like, 
they had to come up with crazy theories to, to just keep the ball rolling. Um, so it's almost, it's funny to me because it's like, did Westworld drop the ball? Did, did HBO and, and Westworld not fulfill this grand vision? Well, I don't know. Like, like they did the vision of the original yeah. story and then ran into trouble because when they went past that, they kind of stumbled about where to go. So, yeah, I don't know. It's sad and not sad. <laughs> this yeah. Westworld cancellation. <laughs> I, I do agree with what Henrika says that the expanse was a bit different than this. Cause and that's another show. Amazon saved was the expanse mm-hmm. got canceled on sci-fi and, uh, that was definitely different because that show was booming. It was at like the height of its popularity when it got canceled and sci-fi channel just couldn't afford to do it anymore. Gotcha. Um, so yeah. RIP Westworld. <laughs> One last question that I want to ask you about this. And if you have any questions, feel free to toss them. I don't want to just steamroll on ahead if there's more you want to talk about with this, but so one thing that has been claimed with the cancellation of Westworld. So Warner Media and Discovery have merged. The, the merger has been a big thing. We've talked about it a lot throughout this year because it has resulted in tons of shows getting axed. Uh, okay. You know, HBO Max losing tons of content, like their whole animated division, tons of stuff. The insiders who first spilled the beans about this cancellation to The Hollywood Reporter claim that the merger was not a factor in the decision to cancel Westworld. Do you believe them? Um, not completely. I don't think it's a complete lie, but I'm sure it had something to do with it. I'm sure they looked at the viewership and they were like, do yeah. we really need to keep making this really expensive show? And not a lot of people are watching it. But at the same time, I know with the merger, like you said, a lot of HBO Max shows were affected and not HBO. So I'm still holding on hope that holding on to hope that HBO still has a lot of creative freedom because they have the best shows. And I think that the quality of their shows and HBO Max shows are extremely different. I am an HBO snob. I will admit it. Yeah. So. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. So I'm. Thinking that they, it probably had something to do with it. Yeah. But I don't know if that was the entire reason. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you on that. I don't think it was the whole reason. I, I think, you know, when you look at the viewership numbers versus how expensive Westworld is, yeah, it's just kind of, it, it makes sense. But at the same time, you know, in terms of like those creative relationships and David Zaslav, the new CEO being like the, the grand experiment of throwing wads of money at shows and seeing what sticks is at an end. Yeah. I think he said basically since Westworld was canceled, it's hard to imagine it not being a factor in some way. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been a good year for sci-fi at, at HBO, I gotta say, because they canceled Raised by Wolves earlier this year, too. Yeah. And that was a different situation because that show was, again, like gaining in popularity at the time. It was different than Westworld. But yeah, so RIP Dolores Abernathy and everyone else. And uh, <laughs> I hope you find greener pastures. <laughs> but not to be a total downer, there's another show that got renewed in the last week. And that is The Sandman on Netflix. Are you a little more excited about that one? 
<laughs> I am. And it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, it obviously has to be renewed. Right. But then as the months went yeah. by, it was like, all right, it's gonna be renewed. Right. Like, is this really a surefire thing? Um, we know Netflix is known for canceling yeah. shows after a season, but this had really great viewership and a huge fan base from the book. So you would assume it would get renewed yeah. and then, um, yeah, it finally did. So I'm relieved and I'm excited about what's to come from the Sandman. Yeah. I'm so excited that it got renewed for another season. You know, Neil Gaiman, who wrote the books, he's been trying to get this thing made for years. Yeah. It's like his, one of his seminal works. Um, and he's held on to the rights against a lot of offers over the years. And it seems like Netflix is doing it right and keeping him involved. But yeah, I hear, I totally hear you on feeling like it was a no brainer. And then just as the months went by worrying about if they're going to renew it or not. Mm -hmm. One thing I do think is curious though, is it wasn't really clear from the announcement. If that means season two, they basically just said there will be more episodes of the Sandman based on multiple volumes of the comics. Mm -hmm. Do you think that means season two? Do you think they're going to try something really weird and just tack on more episodes to season one? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it's a weird phrasing, especially because I know everyone was like tweeting and posting like it's season two, it's season two. And then, you know, the uh, press release came out and I was like, wait, what is this? What are yeah. more episodes? Um, so I could see it being something where I don't want it to be this, but it could be like specials maybe on like some of the most popular issues from oh. the comics or something like that. I don't really like that. I'm like, give me 10 more episodes at a time. Yeah. So I can binge them. And it's, you know, more of a full story, but yeah. maybe more like uh, specials or something like that. I also heard maybe they're working out a multi-season renewal. So they didn't want to just say one season, but I think that's wishful cool. thinking just because the show is very expensive and it took this long to renew it. So my conclusion is I don't know what it yeah. means and I want to know because it's bothering me <laughs> a little bit not knowing. Yeah, same, same. I, I feel like I haven't really thought about it being potentially like multi-season or season end specials. Mm. And I feel like that's more likely with a show like Sandman than most shows because yeah. they already kind of did that with the first season. Mm -hmm. They released 10 episodes and then Dan caught them, uh, you know, caught the drag queens <laughs> reviewing episode 11 and called it. And then the next week, Netflix, I'm going to give Dan the credit for that. Yeah. Because the next week Netflix released it, the, the cat was out of the bag and they gave us the cat episode after that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I feel like the Sandman, one of the things I love about it is that it has like standalone stories kind of yeah. intermixed with the other like longer arcs, like the serial convention yeah. You know, before that, they had that episode with death, which is still like my favorite episode yeah. of the show by quite a lot. Yeah. So would you how would you feel if they did do special like specials end a season or I don't know if they tried something untraditional, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, I think it would be really cool if it was a season and then different specials. I wouldn't want it to be just yeah. specials just because less content. So <laughs> I'm going yeah, with another full season. 
it would be cool if they could do like holiday specials, like not like a full on like Christmas, Ooh. but maybe like Halloween, summer, something like that, seasonal or something. Yeah. That would be fun just because I know, like you were saying, every story, every episode can be so different and such a different tone too, which I really liked about the show yeah. that I know people picked on picked up on right away. Kind of like, what is this show trying to do? You know, newer fans that hadn't read the course yeah. uh, material were like, I can't get a grip on this show because some minutes it's like happy and silly. Some it's really, really dark. Some it's like fun and adventure. So yeah, I'm for a season and maybe specials throughout the year. We just get Sandman content every month. Like that'd be fine. That'd You're be pretty working Yeah, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I hope that, you know, Netflix has this weird tendency of like going all in on stuff and then <laughs> messing it up. Or, yeah. or like doing half measures and messing it up. I, I'm still like on the nervous train with Netflix because of all the Witcher stuff that just went down. <laughs> so I'm nervous for the Sandman, but I do think they handled the first season really, really well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm hopeful. Someone asked in the chats, Julie said, makes you wonder how long it will be before we see it. It seems like it takes so long to make these quality shows these days. And you're right, Julie, it does take a long time. And basically two years is kind of becoming this, the standard. I With the Sandman, if they did something really unconventional, I wouldn't be surprised to see a new episode. Like, I'd be surprised to see a whole season next year. But if they did something weird <laughs> and filled like stop gaps in there with extra stuff, I could see maybe seeing something new from it next year. But it's fascinating to me. I love, I do really like that Netflix didn't commit <laughs> and they're like, we're going to keep people guessing about what we meant. Um, brand. Yeah. But so one thing we will see a lot more of, have you, have you read these books, Natalie? I haven't. I have not. I have the first issue. It's back okay. there and still have not read it. Nice. <laughs> so I have only read the first issue, but I do know a couple of the things coming next season or next whenever in Sandman uh, that were like big events that people were talking about. And one of them is a thing called Season of Mists, which revolves around a family gathering of the Endless. So we're mm-hmm. going to be meeting a lot more Endless in whatever future episodes we get. And one of them is Delirium, uh, who Neil Gaiman is very much looking forward to casting. Um, and he's had a pretty strong hand in the casting so far. Uh, so hopefully that is pretty cool. And Gwendolyn Christie will be back as a wrathful Lucifer next season too. Have anything else you want to say about the Sandman before we move on to the other thing that is newsworthy this week? Just the cast. I love the cast of the Sandman. So I think, yeah, whoever they add for season two, I'm excited, a familiar face like Gwendolyn Christie or a newcomer. I think that'll be really awesome. I think uh, Tom Sturridge just fell in love with him as Morpheus and all the other actors were fantastic. So So they know what they're doing. Just give them more money. Give them more episodes. We're good. Yes. Yes, please. I really want to see more of Death. Um, yeah, really, really loved her. I the name of the actress is is eluding me right now, but she was fantastic. I really hope to see more. Um, so the other, uh, any last notes on Sandman before we move on? <laughs> no, I think we're good to move on. Okay, 
Julie says, do you know when the Wheel of Time season two is coming out? Uh, I'll just answer that quick between topics. Uh, no, <laughs> no, we don't. Next year, though, it, it will almost certainly be next year. Probably next summer is what we're thinking. Um, I bet Amazon is looking at their playbook and seeing how the summer went for these other shows like House of the Dragon, and they're probably going to jump on that. But mm-hmm. next year at some point. Um, the other thing which is coming out this weekend is Black Panther Wakanda Forever, uh, the sequel to Black Panther. Uh, are you going to go see it, Natalie? Or you guys in the chat, are you going to go see Black Panther 2? And how hyped are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go see it. Not sure if it's going to be a this weekend deal. I'm not, you know, jumping um, at the yeah. this weekend. But yeah, I definitely want to see it. I'm excited. I'm just a big fan of Ryan Coogler, the director. I like his past works, and I thought the original was He's amazing fantastic i mean who didn't love the first movie it was so great and i think it was just like not a marvel movie (laughs) um it was so good so yeah i'm looking forward to at the very least i know we'll get into it with some of the early reviews but i've heard it's very emotional this one so excited to get some cries out and just excited to see the cinematography and the directing that's really what i'm also most excited about yeah, I'm I'm pretty psyched. I'm probably going to end up going and seeing it this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I love the first one. I actually just had the first one on in the background throughout work today. So I Hi. it's very fresh in my mind. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, I love that it's Ryan Coogler again doing this one. I'm totally yeah. with you. He's amazing. Um, and they needed to rewrite this movie from the ground up basically after Chadwick Boseman tragically passed yeah. away. Um, and it sounds like, so early reviews are starting to come in for Wakanda forever. And a lot of it, it seems like from what we can glean with the reviews, that idea of honoring Chadwick Boseman is both one of the movie's strengths, as well as maybe a thing that is challenging about it, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to read one of these. So this is coming from, um, let's do the one from, IGN, which is Wakanda Forever is an effective emotional farewell to T'Challa, a meditation on forging one's own future out of a painful past, but with a plot that has to introduce an entirely new nation and pave the way for a new wave of Marvel stories. It does struggle under the weight of all that expectation. Uh, Kugler's efforts are at their most powerful when Wakanda Forever is in conversation with the loss of T'Challa and of Chadwick Boseman. The specifics of Wakanda Forever's long-winded plot will likely leave little impact, but that doesn't stop the new Black Panther from standing tall. Um, that's a criticism I've seen a couple of times, that it's a, it's too long, which mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I Is it just me? Like, I'm never bothered <laughs> by long, unless, they're, unless they drag, I guess. But like, I like a long movie. That's not a turnoff for me, IGN. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah no i like a long movie too how long is it if we're we're talking like four hours i don't know about all that no i'm just kidding (laughs) yeah let's see um an hour 41 oh two hours 41 oh okay okay that's like dark night length it's on the basically yeah that's my gauge for measuring (laughs) is it longer or shorter than the dark night that means it's 
that's long. So yeah, it's right around the same amount of time. Um, I've seen a little bit of criticism too for um, the new uh, Atlantis culture that is coming in in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, People just didn't feel like they needed as much backstory or as much development. And I don't know, I'm kind of, I, that's the thing that gets me most excited because mm-hmm. they're introducing Namor, who's a huge fixture from the Marvel comics, but they also took Atlantis and it seems like they really, um, really dug deep into like the Central American empires as like inspiration for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome. So yeah. I feel like most of the criticisms I've seen just get me more excited. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree with you. That sounds awesome. And it's just hard to say without actually seeing it. I think some also some of the criticism is kind of just, you know, the marvelness of it, which is just a whole other thing on its own, you know, um, just predictability and everything like that. But you know, Marvel movies being predictable is something you can predict, you know what it is going in. So that's, that's a little bit of a different criticism, I think. Um, but yeah, I am excited to see it. And I think even, even though there are criticisms, I think overall the reviews are very, uh, positive. So yeah, seems like it. And we'll probably be talking about this next week. I, I, like I said, I'm hopefully going to go see it this weekend. Yeah. I don't know if or when Dan's going to see it. If you see it and want to come talk about it, we will give our actual thoughts on this movie once we get to see it. But I feel like this has the potential to be like one of the lesser predictable Marvel movies because mm-hmm. usually it's, you know, Marvel hero struggles with their stuff is a big hero by the end. And this one, just by the very nature of needing to kind of reorient itself around the fact that the the Marvel hero that the movie is named after is no longer mm-hmm. there. Um, I don't know. Feels like it could be pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember when the teaser first came out at San Diego Comic-Con, everyone was like, what is this movie about? Like the teaser looks fantastic, yeah. but what is the plot? Who is the villain? Everything like that, um, which I think is always a good sign. People were immediately intrigued by it and didn't know a lot about it so that i think is fun i am not i haven't you know read spoilers and i'm trying not to read too much into it just to go in same kind of like with as little as possible information so yeah i'm excited yeah same i'm avoiding spoilers as well avoiding like i haven't really read many full reviews i've read like (laughs) snippets here and there but i don't even want that much kind of bouncing around in my head but yeah so black panther wakanda forever it's out this friday november 11th um so let us know in the chat are you gonna go see it are you psyched uh are you indifferent to anything marvel makes (laughs) i'm curious (laughs) um but you know even though it's it's marvel's world and we're just living in it there's plenty of other stuff to watch natalie what else have you been watching Let's see. I have been watching a lot of things. I pick up things, start watching a few episodes of like older shows that I've watched. And then I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, now I'm rewatching that 70s show. It's fine. I don't know why I do these things. But new shows, I am watching (laughs) The White Lotus season two. It is so good. This is, of course, the show that took the House of the Dragons 9 p.m. slot on Sunday night. And okay been so good it's really really good the characters are awful 
but more complicated than season one. So you're like, oh my gosh, they're so bad. They're such bad people. And then you're also like, well, I kind of know what they're talking about when they said this, or like, I kind of relate in like a twisted way. So I love that. It's complicated characters like House of Dragons. So I'm all in on that. I definitely recommend it. Cool. So the White Lotus, that the trailers for that have gotten me so intrigued every time i see a trailer it's not the kind of thing i'd normally watch just because i'm so deep in the fantasy and sci-fi hole that anything that doesn't have dragons or space lasers (laughs) or wizards or androids is usually not on my watch list but the white lotus it's got me so intrigued so what exactly is it about uh it it seems like it's a resort for famous people who are also awful is that more more or less on point? Basically, yeah. It's just a very, very extravagant, rich resort. So it's just all, you know, filled with wealthy people. And we kind of just watch them interact with each other and interact with the staff who are in, you know, a middle class, yeah. low class situation. And I don't know what it is because there's also two, there is a big mystery about it in season one. There was um, a dead person that we we saw there was a hearse in the first season. And then you have to figure out ah. the whole season, like who died out of all of them. Similar in this season, oh, cool. there are a few bodies that are found in the ocean. And now we can kind of assume that it's one or it's or a few of the main characters, which is fun. It's exciting. Um, and yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, you just see kind of how they interact, how they live their lives. It's so, so like foreign to just normal people because they are so extremely wealthy. The things that they do and say are ridiculous. And yeah, it's (laughs) it's really fun. It's really, really well written. Um, Mike White, I'm a big fan of his and I'm not a comedy fan. So when I do Mm -hmm. like a comedy, it has to be like a very dark, awkward, like, you know, not the traditional kind of comedy. So yeah, I'm really happy with this season. Yes, Nicole cool. said dark comedy mystery drama. Yeah, it's just it's everything, but somehow it's hilarious too. Sweet. That I mean it sounds really good. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. I love Jennifer Coolidge who's in it. Yes. She's so funny. It's cool that there's like a murder mystery. I didn't really realize that that it's kind of like they show you the hearse up front for season 1 like you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's let's figure out who's in it throughout the season that's kind of a fun i could see that lending itself well to that type of kind of setup it almost makes me think of like agatha christie or something like here's a bunch of people at a thing one of them dies which one is it type thing yeah so that's cool it's fun and in the first season i know a lot of people completely forgot about the murder mystery like a few episodes in just because it's like they show it to you at the first scene and then you get to know all the characters. Yeah. So it's like your mind is so busy, gotcha. like getting to know their characters that you just forget what kind of the main premise is of the show, which is fun. Yeah. Cool. Have you, have you been watching anything else? I know you were watching interview with the vampire, right? Yes. I'm sad to say I fell off. Not because of the quality of the show, though. I promise. I do think it's a really, really good show. I just like kind of forgot about it. I don't know why. Um, Awful excuse, but I have not caught up on that. Um, I need to. But now I'm also (laughs) it's about to end soon. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll just wait and then I can binge all of it. You know, that kind of thing. So that's a a bit of of the back burner. But 
I am watching on Netflix. I can't give a full review because of the embargo, but I can say I'm watching 1899 and it's very good. Ooh. That's all I think I nice. can Nice. <laughs> Wait, that's on that's on Netflix? Wasn't Yeah. Is that the prequel to Yellowstone? No, it's the um no, that's like 1883. Ah. Uh. I don't even know what it's called. Okay. <laughs> I know. Okay. It has, like, I knew it was very... another year. <laughs> I know. I think that one's like 1883 or something awful. No. So 1899 is the show <laughs> from the, yeah, I don't know. I don't watch Yellowstone. Sorry to those people, but um, okay. this one is the All show. Right. I can orient now. <laughs> this is a show. It's like a mystery sci-fi horror thriller. Again, every genre, but definitely not comedy. Um, it's from the creators of Dark, okay. that German show on Netflix. Oh, yeah, and nice. So that they're using the volume to create um, the ocean, which has just been okay. It's awesome. It's really good. I really, really like the creators. Cool. Dark is just one of my favorite shows. Um, and yeah, it's really good. So I would recommend that. It's um, yeah, it's about a lost ship. That's that's all I'll say. <laughs> Okay, that sounds pretty cool. I am every time you've brought it up, I've thought you were talking about the Yellowstone prequel, and I can't tell you how much more excited I am knowing that it's not that. Um, so that's cool. I will, I've heard nothing but good things about Dark, so I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, Dark um, is good. Cool. And you guys out there, let us know what you're watching. I saw someone saying they were watching The Walking Dead. Um, which is in its final run of episodes. Has it felt like the end on The Walking Dead? I feel like they've they kind of shot themselves in the foot with the sheer amount of spin-offs they've already announced. Um but the the things I've had going on, I, so I've been watching The Peripheral, mm-hmm. um, which I'm reviewing on the site, and that show is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um I I've had a little bit of system shock going from The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> which I did not like very much to peripheral, like the next week on Amazon and the peripheral is really good. It, it's basically um, it's a sci-fi thriller where this girl, it's Chloe Grace Moretz who mm-hmm. she was in kick-ass. She's been in a bunch of stuff since then. Uh, she's grown up now. So she yeah. uh, basically is like an ace gamer who is helping her brother, um, win money from rich people in order to help pay for her mother's medication or their mother's medication. Mm -hmm. And he gets him noticed by this CD company that sends them a new headset and then finds out eventually that the new SIM in the, in this other headset uh, has farther reaching implications than an actual video game. Um, And that's all I will say about the setup. It's really, really, really good. The, The writing is super sharp. Um, the actors have been great. Jack Rayner, uh, who is in, I think, Midsummer and Sing yeah. Street. He's her older brother, Burton. And he like has a Southern accent that's totally believable and excellent. Um, yeah, I, I highly recommend that to the people who are like sad about Westworld. Like consider the peripheral because... Uh, it's also by the Westworld people, which is ironic. Nicole's saying, I love the concept of the peripheral, but man, is it confusing? <laughs> yeah. So welcome back to Westworld, Nicole. Uh, <laughs> hope you enjoy. 
uh, but yeah, so I've been watching that and enjoying it. And the other thing I've watched is Andor, um, which I've got to say, I've had superstar Wars burnout, but Andor is fantastic. Do you have any interest in that? Is that a show you've heard a lot of hype about or considered watching? Yes, I do really want to watch it. It was one of those, I was kind of in the boat of you and Dan when it was, you know, when it was about to come out of like, all right, yeah, another Star Wars show, maybe people watch it, see what it is. Um, But I know I've been hearing you guys rave about it every week and I've been seeing just good things online about it. So I I do really want to watch it. It's just, you know, another show on the list, but I'll get there. One like really cold day, I'll just binge all of it. (laughs) A cold Sunday. Yeah, when it's almost winter, the, almost yeah. the time of television binges. Yeah. Um, yeah, and or so there's a new episode that just came out today. It has Andy Circus in it, uh, mm-hmm. and he's amazing. I, I'm a giant right. Andy Circus fanboy. Anytime he's in something, I will automatically watch it and at least give it a chance. Um, yeah. But yeah, Andor is kind of like the one Star Wars show I would say if you're not into Star Wars, give Andor a chance. Like, which kind of says something because I was ready to be like, who cares about this show? Yeah. Um, but it's it's just, it's pretty good. So yeah, that's that's what I've been watching. Uh, anything else you want to hit on before we move on to the world famous lightning round? <laughs> no, I think I'm ready. Yeah, definitely and or peripheral on the list. Hopefully I'll nice. get them sooner than later. <laughs> Yeah, I really need to hit up the White Lotus. Uh, every single time I see a trailer, I'm like, oh, this show, there's there's something about this show. Funny. Cool. All right. So I suppose it is time mm-hmm. to do the lightning rounds where we give our 30 second, 20 second. It's probably 20 seconds, but long winded brain me. I think it's 30. Uh, <laughs> we give short takes on news stories we did not have time to get to in the main show. And they will be fast. And if we fail, Richard will buzz us and we will have to live with our shame. <laughs> so are you ready to, <laughs> to go through these stories super fast? I think so. Who is going first is the question. I, I'm going to read you this first one. Okay. Um, okay. So conservation groups have asked Harry Potter fans to stop leaving socks at Dobby's gravesite because it was too much pollution. Oh man. Yeah. That's sad and cute. I never thought of that, you know, being a thing. I know that, um, through Tumblr and just social media and everything, people do this because they love Dobby so much, which is adorable. But yeah, I guess if it's hurting the earth, then stop doing it. That's unfortunate. So that's, that's all I got on that one. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I was like, I, I didn't realize was it was talking. a thing they did either, but I mean, yeah, it's so cute, but then it's also just sad. So <laughs> as a lot of things are, yep. Just socks everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I love Dobby. Um, okay. But anyway, moving on. So the new star Wars show, the acolyte fills out cast and starts production. And yeah, there's a lot of people that they announced for the show. So I'll say them pretty quickly. Carrie Ann Moss, Dean Charles Chapman, who played King Tommen from Game of Thrones, Charlie Bartnett, Rebecca Henderson, Daphne Keene, Amanda Stenberg, Jody Turner Smith, Manny Jacinto, and jo- and Lee Jong Jay. That so many people that I couldn't even speak right, and they're all pretty pretty <laughs> famous. So yeah, tell me about this. 
Yeah, so The Acolyte is a new Star Wars show that's set thousands of years before all the Star Wars we know in like the High Republic era of Star Wars, which is their current uh, thing they're doing with like books. Uh, so it's showing this, the rise of the Jedi. And this show is about the rise of the Sith, basically. So we've got villains in this, you know, Carrie Ann Moss. Um, I don't know. I, I'm jaded Star Wars. I'm curious. <laughs> Yeah. Will it be another and or we'll find out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this one, this one, uh, I know you'll be interested in. <laughs> so Stranger Things season five, they revealed the first sneak peek at the writing process and it shows the title for the season premiere. It's The Crawl. Getting you hyped? Yeah, of course. Any Stranger Things news is exciting, especially because we have a long way to go for season five. So just give give us crumbs. This was announced at Stranger yeah. Things Day, Will's birthday, uh, or sorry, the day Will went, went missing, which was on Sunday. So yeah, people are speculating like crazy what it could mean. People are saying maybe it's D&D, the dungeon crawl, or people are saying uh, it could be Eddie coming oh. back. Had to fit that one in. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I'm intrigued. I love that they're giving the little the little sneak peeks. Uh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, give us anything. All right, the next one, more Star Wars. So culture and fear and decision yes. surrounds new Star Wars movies at Lucasfilm. Why is this? Yeah, so Lucasfilms, they're crushing it with the TV shows for Star Wars, but the movies are kind of a mess right now. And apparently it's becoming a problem within the company according to this new report that came out um, because they're announcing new movies constantly and also that other ones have fallen through. And I think at this point we're on like the eighth or ninth star Wars movie. They just announced a new one like yesterday with Sean Levy, but none of them are actually getting made. So it's, yeah, it's a bit of a mess with the star Wars movies right now. Yeah. Basically don't believe it until we get a trailer and maybe not even then. All right. Wow. Under the buzzer. Sorry, Lucasfilm. Um, <laughs> no, you hit the buzzer. It went off. <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I must have lagged. I lagged out the buzzer. It's like a superpower. Cheat code. Um, okay, so ha- <laughs> that's right. Um, House of the Dragon star Emma Darcy made GQ's Men of the Year list as an an honoree, I believe. So it's a little mm-hmm. different. Uh, the men of the year list has included women and now non-binary people for a while. But so what are your thoughts on this? This was kind of big news that happened this week. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really awesome. I know the list also included like Joseph Quinn from stranger things. So a lot of newer, newer actors, I think, or at least newer to fame, you know, overnight success like Emma Darcy has had as well. So yeah, that's awesome. I'm really, really excited for them. And I just hope that they get all the things they deserve. They're so talented. Yeah. So yay, House of the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yay. Okay, the next one. We have a cool photo here, which is intriguing to me. So we have the first look at this Malefa thing from his Dark Materials season three. Yep. So I'm excited to see these. So the Malefa are like elephant creatures. They ride around on seed pods that they hook with their feet. Um and it's like there are these alien elephant animals that this one character encounters that are like a commentary on a creature being interwoven with its environment. Um, they're one of the weirdest things in the third book. 
I'm excited the show is including them. It's cute. I'll give it that. I'm not yeah. no knowledge of it, but it looks cute. Cool. <laughs> it, yeah, it looks cuter than I imagined, and I don't hate it. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna swap these next two, okay. unless you play a lot of Gears of War. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> Okay, I'll swap those two. Okay, so Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Um, it's coming out this December, uh, at more than a decade after the original Avatar. And apparently, um, its success will dictate if all those other Avatar sequels we've heard about for years and years and years get made. Yeah, on the one hand, that makes sense because you don't want to keep making movies if they're not making money. But on the other hand, I feel like he's had this yeah. grand plan and they're already making what starting on the fourth one. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting to come out and say that. I don't know what um, he yeah. was kind of what what the whole thing was there. But interesting. I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely, that's another thing like with Star Wars where I'm kind of like, I'll, when we get trailers for Avatar, mm -hmm. I will believe that it's on the way because <laughs> it's exactly. been so long. Exactly. But I am that's excited. Right. I'm excited for the, for the new one. I will be seeing it. So it's good. All right. I think this is the last one we have here. Uh, Netflix is making a Gears of War movie and animated series. Yeah, so that's exciting news. Um, Gears of War it was an Xbox game series of shooters that had uh, a surprisingly good story for shooter games. It's cool to see them get picked up for an adaptation. They very, they're very cinematic, so they lend themselves to it. I'm a little worried that Netflix announced a movie and an animated series because it makes me yeah. think of what they did with The Witcher. Um, <laughs> I'm hesitantly excited. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is our show. Uh, thank you everyone so much for tuning in. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on to chats, nerdy stuff for the past hour and all of you out there. I hope you have a wonderful time these next few days before black Panther and come back and join us next week. We do this every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And apparently that's also 4 p.m. Central time. I get to say it this way because Dan is not here. Um, where we will, yeah, we do this every week. Come back and join us and maybe I'll have jokes next time. Until then, have an awesome week and uh, our watch continues. Take care. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.